All right. So today we've got Morgan Asbell, a local celebrity in Greenville. Yeah, yeah. She's a hair artist, a former pro in the service industry. And we're excited to sit down and just kind of talk about your experience downtown and your journey as an entrepreneur and how you got started. And so let's start with how, what was your first job? Ever. Ever. Mm. I was a lifeguard. Um, High school? Yes. So I think 15. Okay. Um, I did swim team growing up. So I was always at the pool and everything. And that was the first job I could get. Um, first job ever was lifeguarding. And while I was doing that, summer came to an end. So I started working at the Olympian Grill at Five Forks. So I was a hostess of my real first job, I would say. Lifeguarding wasn't really anything because I was already at the pool all day anyways. So Just getting paid here. to get tan. Get, that's right. Okay. So first, um, what would you consider your first adult job? My first adult job? I mean, I really did wait tables and do stuff. I didn't um, go to college right out of high school. Um, I started Greenville Tech when I was 18. So I graduated in 2006 and just kind of kept, you know, waiting tables like I had been and started um, nursing school and then got pregnant with my oldest son. And that was a whole lot of work at that time. So I just kind of did what I knew throughout that and Actually waited tables at Barley's Tap Room for about two years. Josh Beebe. Yeah. It's actually going to be our first uh, our first Tabby launch site. Yeah. So. Josh is a good people. I worked um, for him for several years, and that the Barley's family is they're just he's built something unique. Tight knee. Uh, sure. Oh yeah. Like I mean, there's people that still work there. Yeah. I'm about to be 34. I was. 19 and 20 when I worked there and there's people that were working there 10 years so before that for, that are still there. So for people who didn't grow up in Greenville, kind of describe what Barley's means to downtown Greenville. To downtown Greenville. I mean, the beer selection says everything it needs to say for itself. Right. Um, and that was kind of the first place that really did that here. Um, but it's a staple. I mean, it was here, I guess in the early nineties maybe. Um, and that was like the place. I mean, that was one of the bigger restaurants downtown. It wasn't, you know, corporate. It wasn't anything as Greenville started growing. I think that's one of the first very staple places that you went to best, best money. I think I ever made on Friday lunches ever downtown (laughs) working anywhere. Well, it's kind of the only place at the time, too. I mean, we we talked to Josh on on Tabby Hour, and it was, you know, he kind of got into the game before there was really much of anything downtown. Yeah, he did and has been doing it and doing it well for a long time now. Um, I mean, we still go there. We go to Trap Door, too, which is, you know, their sister restaurant and smoke cigarettes and drink beer and all that down in the basement where (laughs) what was it before Trap Door? A basement. Just nothing, right? Nothing. Not a thing. I mean, it was creepy is what it was, for sure. No, it's it's great now. I think um, that may be one of Brad's favorite places in Greenville. Yeah. <laughs> we were there together the other night. Love it. Yep. It's got the perfect ambiance. For, you know, if you want to feel like you're in a, in a Belgian 
authentic mm-hmm. pub. I mean, he did a nice job. Yes. I've never and, been to Belgium, but I figured changed, that's what it looks like. It really hasn't changed that much since then either. I mean, like minor, you know, things that just like needed to be redone or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think, I want to say they had like the floors done or something like that, but that was 15 years ago, yeah. you know, and we're not getting any younger. <laughs> so what is, I, I want to, you know, you spent, a significant amount of time bartending downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like that could be a whole string of podcasts of its own of like stories from the bartender oh, about yeah. all the things they see. Just well, I waited, I waited tables, I think, more than I bartended, okay. um, which means I saw more of the restaurant. Right. Um, so that's an experience in itself. And I never really worked back of the house, but working front of the house, you see... You see everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything. So what's like one of the most strange kind of two people on a first date that you experienced and you were just like, oh, this is really awkward. Um, well, so towards like my latter um time of being in the service industry in that way, um, dating apps started, mm. you know kind of really coming to yeah. fruition and it was like okay plenty of fish or tinder or whatever and i never experienced that personally but seeing people out and awkward oh yeah you're like oh god and then can you, you realize, tell that they just met oh it's like oh yeah it's like the <laughs> awkward like well so and then you can i read people i feel energy and i read people's faces and you know that's just oh yeah my intuition is very much there and it's like you're you're kind of looking at her like you know let me know if this is getting weird (laughs) if you need a hot blink twice uh, yeah and now there's like little things that everybody does you know like like you said blink twice or put this there's like different drinks you can order Mm -hmm. i i I found that out in the last couple of years. You can order a certain drink, and the bartender knows what that drink exactly. means, yep. which is which is dope. Get yep. me out of here! Yes, like, help. <laughs> Used to be the drink was just a water, and they're like, "All right, now you have to go." <laughs> they're you're like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's cool. I mean, you you saw it at the dawn of. Oh yeah, and I'm nosy too, so oh, like yeah. that is a big big part of it. Yeah. I would even get distracted sometimes. I feel like more into like and then like wait i'm busy hold on <laughs> like hold on hold that thought please don't continue this any further because well, you're like you almost feel like you're part of their experience yeah but then you're like oh wait i have all these other things exactly. i have exactly and so. i'll talk i mean if i get on one thing i go to another and you know doing hair i talk to one person one-on-one all day like or you know three people or whatever four people but for a significant amount of time and i think you know that's really yeah. All part of it. I, I said I'm nosy, but in the best way. Like So have, so you're the most famous hair artist in Greenville. Well, Again, the most. The most famous. I'm telling y'all, I'm a fraud. How did that how does that how did that start? How long have you been doing it? Where did how did that journey start? Um, I've been doing hair about six years now. Um I foiled people's hair in high school at my mom's house, <laughs> but that doesn't really count. Um, state board would be upset if they That's knew illegal. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even make any money. You couldn't lose your license right? if you didn't have one. <laughs> no. Um, exactly. But I um, I actually started hair school. I think I was like 26. I went back as an adult. Um, I've always been the artsy type and never really kind of 
knew where to go with all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started teasing my hair and using hairspray. And that's pretty much the only thing I cared about was what my hair looked like. I didn't wear makeup. I wore jeans and T-shirts in high school and stuff like that. And but my hair was always on point and other people would get me to do theirs. And one of my daycare teachers, Miss Nikki, Nikki Harris, she actually owns. um, Oh, man. She has a studio in Malden. I'll think of the name of it and it'll come to me probably later on randomly. But anyway, she would French braid my hair every day at daycare when I was in elementary school and I would watch her. And then after, you know, a little bit of time, I was able to also do it. So I've been able to French braid since I was like eight or nine, you know, did that. It's all funny how school. that starts. It's just, you know, you didn't think you had it in you to do something like that. You just kind of started on your yeah, own. Yeah, you don't really. It's like, it's like oh, cool, I can do that. And yeah. yeah, it feels cool. And people want you to do it. But that's the turning never... point when other people think you're good at it. Right. Yep. And it's like, well, I don't I should have been hustling. At yes. Nine years old. Yeah. So you decided, I mean, you knew you wanted to do hair. Nappy Roots. Yes. Nappy That's Roots. the name of And Malden. <laughs> yes. So you knew you wanted to do hair from an early age. Yeah. What, when did you actually start? Mm, I didn't start hair school until 2015, I think. Okay. Um, I worked at the Blood Connection. Um, I was an apheresis tech for a little while. While I waited tables and bartended um, on the weekends and just some things happened in life and that wasn't really working out. So I kind of was at a point where I was like, you know, I need to do something like I want to go back to school. I hate school. I hate paperwork. I hate like yeah. I can't focus. I don't. It's not for me. Like even in hair school, they had to pretty much be like, OK, you need to do this so that you can graduate because you are you know, you're ready. Just, you got to do the book work. And I mean, I passed state boards with flying colors and all that, but I just don't like, I could not sit at a desk all day kind of thing. And so I was always doing something other than that. And I, they had Paul Mitchell on Woodruff Road and I just drove by one day and I was like, I'm going to go see if they'll talk to me. So I had an interview with admissions and stuff and it went really well. And here I am. How long is that process? For me, for me, it took, I started out <laughs> doing day school, um, but I was working at the same time at night and I kind of got burnt out again. Like I said, I just, it was like, plus I was 25, 26 going to school with people that had just graduated high school and it's like 95% girls and, you know, women. I mean, there was age range all across the board, but so for working, the most working part. full time? Um, at night, yeah, yeah, I was waiting tables. I was working at High Cotton at the time um, in the evenings. So I had a full-time job. I had a son, and, you know, I I guess I'm good at getting burnt out sometimes. Or just, you know, I got to be doing something, and then it becomes like a whole lot. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I knew that hair was what, what I wanted to do, um, and I was good at it. You know, I didn't – it's like I had the knowledge. I just didn't have the tools yet. Or vice versa, however you want to look at it. Um, How did you grow your customer base? Well, I started out as a commission artist. Um, and What is that? It's where you get a percentage of the total of the service that you provide. Um, and the owner of the business or your, the boss lady um, gets the rest. Kind of like a sports flips or 
Um, like a booth fee? I think or actually no? that those types of places, I think they get hourly. Mm, okay. um, and then whatever tips they make on top of it. Um, but when I was hired, I've been at the studio that I work at now for, it'll be five years in June. Congrats. So, thank you. Um, Brandy Browning, she's a boss lady and she's extremely extremely talented at her job as well um but we sat down and kind of came to an agreement on a percentage mm-hmm. and i pretty much did that for the first three and a half years that i worked there um four years and then it was time you know i felt that i wanted to have my own business so now i do booth rent and you know i have that every week that comes out and you know, obviously there's other expenses and stuff like that too, but my money is my money and I... Freedom. Yeah. Well, and it takes a little while to get there. It's not like I could just go into that immediately and expect all these clients to be there and then still have to pay that certain amount of booth rent a month or a week or whatever um, with no clients. But if I was commissioned, if I didn't, if I had a certain amount of clients, I still got a certain amount mm-hmm. of money. And if I didn't, it's not like I lost anything either. Yeah. But the goal, obviously, is to build. Um, so it took me a couple years to do that until I finally got in a place where I felt like it was time to make the next move within the same company. Knowing what you know now, what would be advice you would give to somebody that was starting out in this? In- 20, 21-year-old you. Ooh, starting, oh, God, starting please go back go. and pray for her. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I don't know. It's When you're 21, you think you know all the things I feel like that kind of happens throughout life in certain stages. You get humbled. Yeah. You get, listen, you get humbled in ways that you never even thought you'd be humbled, you know, be it tragedy, be it drama, be it, you know, all kinds of things. Everybody's going through something. Um, so just lessons, not, not necessarily bad ones, but it's, you got to grow from your past kind of thing. And it's, working towards a goal and I, that's something that it's like I never really set goals for myself I kind of was just like ah, like <laughs> let me do this 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 and this and try to make it work and it was it was not until that's I part of the process though yeah. I mean we talked off camera about coming from the service industry going yes. into you know the hair artist yes I would I'd like I said, I wouldn't. You wouldn't have been the same nope. artist had you not been through that. So talk about that because I think, I think that's where, for those who are in the service industry, you leave and you think, well, I'm just a server, I'm just nope. a bartender. But there's so many transferable skills that when you step out of the service industry, you're like, wow, I'm actually more prepared. Oh, it built my character. It built my you take rejection really well. Oh yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I I know I do. I mean, what's what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody doesn't like Listen. their meal. Yeah. My therapist told it's me, gonna be she's okay. like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to say no. Or so and so is going to say no. Yeah. And then what? Then you figure out your next move. And but you try. Turns out I was really good at that. So, But as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, an artist, like you have to think about it in that context of like, okay, you know, there's going to be somebody that doesn't like. For sure. There's definitely. And that, I mean, if you've ever <laughs> waited on someone or made someone a drink and your rejection happens real fast sometimes and it's like okay that sucked cool all right i'll do better and but that's how it is you know it's like you realize real quickly that your that person's happiness is not your responsibility and there's some people that are never going to be happy 
So you just kind of got to take the knowledge that you have and and do your best to. But I think it's, it works both ways too, yeah. right? Because you can make somebody's day. Oh yeah. In the service industry, just like you can right now, you oh, make for someone's sure. hair, and they're like, "Wow, that's you made." You them completely feel. change their person. Yeah. You know, there's not too many industries that I think have that ability. I mean, if you think if you work at like a bank or something, you know, it's like your interaction is very well, yeah, like, it's very swift. sort of like yeah, and in a lot of cases, transactional. You're, you're dealing with, and you you don't do men's hair. Not really. But you're, no. dealing, you're dealing with with ladies on their arguably their most important day of their life. Oh, or you yeah. did my wife's hair for yes. the wedding. Yes. And it's like that. So you get no pressure. Like, you get to be. <laughs> you get to be a part. It of, is though, and that it's like anxiety, and it follows you. But it's yeah. also like you makes know what? You perform too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Gasoline. So what percentage? I mean, wedding day stuff. You go to them. Most of the time, yeah. Unless it's more convenient for them to come to the studio, but most of the time. It works out better for everybody to be on location. Yeah. How many weddings do you do? I mean, do you do one a one a week? Um, do you ever do two in a day? Like I have two in a day coming up in March. I it's wedding season. Yeah. yeah. It's it's always wedding. And it's post it's <laughs> Greenville. It's post COVID wedding season. Yeah. So now it's regular backlog. wedding season plus the past two years of weddings that people are trying to yeah. rebook and you know, hopefully it's very lucrative and fun for everybody. Yeah. What so that you just reminded me of something? Co- I mean, COVID. Yep. What uh, the, you forgot about COVID? The hair, well, I didn't forget about COVID, <laughs> but the the hair. Forgot indus- about Dre, y'all. The Super Bowl. I mean, uh, I yes. had. Oh, that was forgot so good. about COVID. That was so good. Yeah, that, was, that was good. Good. Well played. I was. I like the beginning of COVID. I had. I had some crazy hair going on. Yeah. I think I went like four months without a haircut. Uh huh. So what was that like? What were where were you at in kind of your professional life? And- well, I didn't cut my hair one time during COVID, <laughs> nor did I cover <laughs> my grays. However, people, it was like we closed um, our studio, you know, by the state mandate or whatever for eight weeks. I think it was um, so from March eighteenth, I want to say, to like the middle of May. Um, and that's a long time for some people. And I mean, men's a, hair, yeah. men that keep up with their haircuts usually get their haircut every two weeks or so, every three weeks, depending every 12 on days. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing, right? Oh, yeah. Um, every other Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, but it's a date and that's your self-care yeah. and your self-love and something that you do for so yourself. I, you were cutting hair. Well, there were people cutting hair in COVID, mm-hmm. not you. I don't want to get you in trouble, but... This is like the prohibition. Like it's like you had to yeah, know somebody like to know secret. somebody to get like, a haircut. Like you got your scissors, yeah. yes. <laughs> and you like roll up on somebody. How much and you want like, to spend on your haircut today? It's no. like underground haircuts happening. It was wild. Yeah. I was I was managing <laughs> Waffle Houses in Cincinnati, and I pulled into a parking lot, and my like I won't. Well, I'll, I'll leave him unnamed. Somebody very high in the company was getting their haircut by the dumpster by a server that was a hairstylist. <laughs> Um, desperate wanna, times. Yes, this is. Times. I thought to myself, "Wow, this is something you never see." Listen, this is pre-COVID, <laughs> but I um, bartended at a popular taco joint that is now a franchise here, and I had a manager, and she, I love her dearly, but she would cut her own hair at home. We called it kitchen hair, and we all, I call it kitchen hair, no matter where you cut it. If it's in your bathroom, it's outside, it's in your kitchen. Typically, there's wine or something involved, but you always think it's going to look get, great. People get really brave, and this is before like Brad Mondo and like TikTok. I mean, this was only a couple years ago, <laughs> but really, that stuff has blown up like hardcore in the last two years. You year wouldn't two. advise that. I would bring my. Sh- I would have my shears, 
with me in the car, and she'd be like, "Hey, girl, hook it up." Hey, girl, <laughs> I didn't cut my hair um, last night, and I really need you to blend it out. And so we would go in the office, and I would trim up her hair for her. What a saint! How many I don't times I do that? How many like, times you're gonna have to suffer? I've done that multiple times. You're have with to multiple suffer. People. You didn't come to me fix first. Somebody else's mistake. She does. She comes to the studio and gets her haircut and stuff too. So it's not like I just did it at work. But I've been to two. I've been. I've had two haircuts in the same day. Yeah. One that was so bad the makeup that I just went to like another place and was like, "Please fix this. You don't have Undo to tell them I cut your hair." Bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan's like, ah, that's, no, that's right harsh. now I've I got cur- a guy now. Listen, I can do it. I just the fading and stuff. It's like I cut women's hair, eyes closed all day. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. Men's Sh- hair. I just shout. had more women, like female clientele in school, so I never had the experience or the practice. And you know, Sh- shout out to to Gabriel Liberty Fine Cuts. Oh uh, yeah, I went to school with Josh. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a community, right? hairdresser for the most part we know okay well bartending community i feel like it's a little tighter we have education forums Mm -hmm. and like chats and stuff on facebook and social media for hair but bringing it back to bartending and our downtown greenville service industry is there more it's competition in the hairdressing right um yeah but it's like if you're if you're truly you know invested in your craft you you want your client or your canvas or whatever to be happy and if i can't get you in and you know somebody else can that i trust and know and you know or i'll send somebody to somebody if i Mm -hmm. don't if somebody's better at something than myself like it's you know you have to be a little bit um humble obviously like we were talking about but you can't be greedy like it's you know yeah yeah, you got to hustle and make money and the more clients you have the more Whatever, but I'm not going to squeeze somebody in and not give them a, you know, something that I'm satisfied with right. or whatever. If I know that I'm not going to be able to invest that time and energy or whatever, like, sure, go see my girl. Like, Is there like a minimum? Like, you, it's like it's going to be at least an hour. Like how much? Because you can't rush somebody's haircut, right? Is there like. Right. And then sometimes there's people that come in and it's like, you have a whole lot of hair. I've never done your hair yeah. before. Like, try. I, <laughs> I usually try to do some sort of consultation or have an idea um, of what I'm kind of walking into if I've never seen yeah. this person. I creep them on Facebook. <laughs> like, not like yeah. hardcore. Oh, you do your homework. But, I mean, I, I want to know what this person looks like. Like, I have I have a good two minutes to make you comfortable, mm-hmm. find something that you're interested in, and get you to relax. Because somebody doing your hair is a big thing. I You know, I never, I never noticed how seriously it can change the way somebody looks. I mean, I mm-hmm. used to just trim my own beard or shave and then you have, you a, know, nice, get a, you have a nice beard. Well, get, so get again, nice Gabriel, Gabriel, it's like when you start shaping it yeah. and you, you're the same way you go get your, you gotta have, like, I don't, I'm scared to up. cut my own beard. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's getting long, but I'm not, t- I gotta, <laughs> no, I, I clean Jake's neckline up and you know, but he goes to the black barber or the Puerto Rican barber, and that is the only – he's got thick hair, and that's the only person. Yeah. He's yes. got his, like, three dudes that he goes to. Yeah. Um, I go to one barber. I go to a new city. I go to one barber. Yeah. And that's the only barber I go and to. And you do it before or after you travel? Never during. Ooh, no, yeah. Yeah, it's not – I don't – let's wing it. Yeah. See, you got to go before you leave. We get people that wing it. Nah. I used to. I risky. used to be a sports clip, wing it on a Tuesday, just stop in. It's, it's risky. Yeah. 
get a different person every time. But again, you like I said, you got to make that person comfortable and trust you and your judgment so and your skill and you yeah. also kind of got to be cool like Customer you don't want retention. Yes, you don't want to sit there and I talk a lot and I'm nosy so I know questions to ask and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but you know, some people don't want to be talked to. You and then I was just thinking about like you were saying the parallels between bartending and hairdressing. So like if I go to the bar and I'm like, you know, I want something to drink. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, that, that's a broad question. Just like if somebody comes to this, the salon and says, I want you to do my hair. Like, yeah. okay, well, what style do you like? You know, so talk about that if you've got some some examples. Like, for hair? For well, drinks. for both. Like, if someone shows up to a bar and they're like, you figure it out for me. Like, okay, well, right. that's a. So, working a, at Barley's, like, I have two things to point on that. Like, a girl I worked with, there's this man that came in one time and she, he's like, what? Well, you know, Give me what you like. What do you like to drink? Classic and she's like Shirley Temple. She looks at him and she says, "Sir, I prefer to sleep with men, so I don't know that our beer, you know, our beer Oh god. Beer preferences? Yeah, preferences. I'm like, "Oh my god, what is that word? It did not come to me." I don't think our beer preferences would necessarily be the same, you know, and she likes super hoppy beers and this dude probably looked like, you know, a good old Bud Light drinker and yeah. was Obviously, you know why even try at that point? Just well, hand the guy Barley's a Bud Light. doesn't even have Bud Light. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't. You yeah. know, so good I get it. You know, it's like, well, what do you like? What this? It's kind of a different type of feel there because yeah. you have something that is similar to this or something that's similar to that. If this is what you normally drink, but bartenders judge you on what you drink, right? I've always thought that. Like every time I go to a bar, like if I get a, a Tito's <laughs> and soda, I feel like I'm getting judged. Well. There's a difference between palate and preference, okay? Like, okay. so true. If you like the way something tastes, I feel like that's your drink, whatever. But different alcohols affect people differently. Sure. So, like myself, I feel like I don't metabolize straight up liquor anymore. I can have like a beer and a little bit of Prosecco and I'm fine. But if I take a shot or mm. have any kind of liquor, I just don't, it is different for me now. So you've got to be specific with your question, right? Yeah. If you go up to the bartender and you're like, what's your favorite IPA on tap? That's it. You can narrow that down for right. somebody. Exactly. But if they're just like, give me, what, what do you, what do you, what do I want? And you're like, I, have, <laughs> I don't know you from. <laughs> like, man, what do, what do I want? I would, it, it, it's a good well, thing. Well, then I'm you not have your bartender. witty comments back. You're yeah. like, well, that's a loaded question or, you know. I would just make the most random thing. Or give them something that tastes oh, like yeah. shit so they don't yeah, ask again. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would do I'm that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would do that just It's cause. about hospitality. <laughs> so kind of kind of before we started filming we ran through Tabby. What as a as a professional in the service industry, what are some of the biggest advantages you see that Tabby can provide for the user and for the bartender? Yeah, well I was going to say on on the business end, you know, the goal is more people in the building, more tabs to be started, more drinks to be sold, more money to be made. Your bartenders and your servers are making more money. So less time you're spending. Less time you're spending at the computer. You know, you're sitting there scrolling trying to find, you know, so and so's tabs. So and so has two tabs. They got one with the bar, one with a server. It's like, okay, this is about five minutes wasted when I could have made, you know, 10 more drinks or a round of shots for $65. And I'm sitting here trying to find your $2 Bud Light tab that you. Could you could easily, easily have out. on your phone. Yeah. And then you could go meet your friends at the other bar down the street because you can see where they're <laughs> Yeah. I think that so I mean, I don't we didn't tell you the original idea, he was waiting in an Uber for me 
I was standing at the bar waiting to close my tab for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that happens all the time. And they had the little they had the little card jail, the little roll. So you couldn't jail. even get your. So my card, like I would have just walked out and left the 20 percent whatever, but it was like in the card jail. So I'm like, dude, there's got to be a better. And it was, how do we close a bar tab as easy as getting out of an Uber? Because there's no payment. It's just like. Light bulb oh, went we off and then this. you're like, huh, cool. What's a yeah. pain point? I think it's a pain point everybody can relate to because we all go out. We have a good time. We're ready to go. And oftentimes you're ready to go before your server or bartender's able oh, to get sure. to Oh, for sure. If I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go right then. But like, it's also there. Like, you know, you could talk. We could all talk about the how the night goes for the bartender or the server. It's like early on, they're super excited, right? Because you're the fir- you're their table. But then throughout the night- Well, like, you're hype. You've had your coffee. You've got well, like yourself pumped up yeah, for your but shift. So by the time you're good. ready to go, they've got other tables. They've been sat. So uh-huh. like, their focus has shifted somewhere else. So you become less of a priority yep. at, the pay- at the point where you're ready to go. So now right. it's like you're at two different points. Yep. Like you're ready to go and they're, they're ready to- You're talk. ready for them to go. You're ready yep. for them to go. <laughs> And that's a skill learned in time, too, to kind of balance that out. But then sometimes you just can't help it. And it's like, I'm real busy. And I just can't make it back to table one with the ranch. Like, it just well, happened. You, you just got triple sat. Yeah. You've got, you know, you've done the refills. You've delivered the food. They've already got dessert. You've pre-bust. It's like, now they still want. Uh-huh. Now I have to handle It's like this when you walk up and someone's praying and you're like, oh, I don't know what I to have do. all this food. <laughs> what do I do? I set it down gently. <laughs> I have three hands full. I'm in a hurry. I gotta right? go. You're like, hurry up, bless it. Hands. Let's go. There's seven <laughs> plates right in the kitchen. God, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. Wait, there's only stories you can relate to being in the service industry. Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with so many different te- people, walks of life, you know, you have to be kind of this yeah. jack and of all trades. One thing I'm super thankful for is, you know, doing hair. I, because of my service industry experience, can talk to not a Never very large a group of people, but I could talk to yeah. this many people and be cool. Like, yeah. and and be able to communicate with sure. them and figure out, you know, kind of how to navigate a conversation based on their interests and likes and wants and needs. And it's um, part, I mean, part of doing hair is the chemistry and the color mm-hmm. and knowing what's going to look good and knowing, you know, what this person likes, what this person doesn't like. And... I would not know how to communicate with these people so efficiently to be on the same page had I not um, been learned on all different kinds of people and all sure. different kinds of way people ways people behave, you know, in, in public for first well, and foremost. you pick up on things, right? Nuance, you buy oh, language, yeah. all kinds the of stuff. The intuition, the energy is for there. Sure. So it's like I'm – skilled and and reading a person within a few minutes right and sometimes when you're waiting tables you have to do it quicker than that and it's like the first person the first thing this person says is going to set the mood for how the rest of the yeah is it goes. funny is it somber mm-hmm. you pick up on all that well and i've done everything from the dive bar to fine dining so it's having to kind of switch roles like that and then doing hair i feel like it's like right in the middle i have my clients that i know i need to tame myself a little with and then i have my people that it's not i wouldn't say gossip but we're sitting there and like i'm giving them all the juice on what's going all the on tea. with me and they're giving me the tea it's like yeah. girl what's happened in the last six weeks since i seen yeah. you and it's like this 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 and this and this 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 and this and it's like what are you going to do it's just in a more personal well it's your tribe it's yeah. the community you've built yes. as an entrepreneur yes you found something that 
that brings value to the world that you really like to do yep. and you got really good at it. And then you built a community around it. I'm so thankful for that community. It's cool. It's and it's, you know, bartenders do it. Obviously, I mean, anybody that's in some sort of providing a, a, a service yep. to anybody. It's service industry. That's your family. Yeah. In a sense. Oh, it puts food on my table for me yeah. to take care of your actual family. actual family. You yeah. know, it's it, things happen and the budget goes haywire sometimes and people cancel COVID. Like we just went through a whole nother round of that. And I'm telling you, we it, if you did not have cancellations, be it restaurants or any type of service industry, definitely it hit us in the hair industry. It's like you can't charge someone 50% of their service when they text you that morning and they're like, I have COVID. And it's like, oh, you better come in and get your hair done because right. I got to pay my booth rent this week. Right. And it's like, okay, well, then you got to figure out your next move and then rebudget and and do all that. And it's a lot like waiting tables, whereas, you know, you're not paid an hourly rate necessarily. You kind of have to put money back or, you know, a lot, certain amount, you know, take certain amount from whatever you make in that day or that week and put it towards bills. And then the rest is over here. And then this is your spending or growing out money. Like it's, yeah. I always thought of waiting tables as I'm running a business within somebody else's business. Yep. So in that sense, I can. The higher sales I yeah, get for this person. For the more sure. Percentage have, of tips. Absolutely. I run my business and you could come to the same restaurant on the same busy night and have two totally different experiences based yep. on your server. A hundred percent. Based on your bar. T- and I think that's, you learn, a, I don't know if that's a leap to entrepreneurship, but it does instill no, it in you all that kinds of you kinds. have to produce. Like yeah. You have to make it happen. Because yeah. you could, that's the same menu. It's the same specials. Right. Well, you but know, you when make you go somewhere and you can person. tell your oh, yeah. servers on the, they're pissed, something happened that day, and they're just like the look on their faces that they don't want to be there. I would transform at that swing door. Yeah. You're like, that swing door, I'd turn into a different gotta person. Gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, boom. And that, and you, that's a professional. Yeah. Yeah, that every, makes you a professional. Everything ends right there. The door. It has to. It's like waiting, right? That's like the classic movie. But yes. Oh know, my God. It's like the if you're in the service industry, you can relate. Yeah. But it's true. You you deal with it and you you're Look able at to, Ryan Reynolds now. Can you, <laughs> unrecognizable. Yeah. What's your what was your favorite bar downtown to work at? You were at Barley's for a long time. Yeah. But. Well, comparatively. I was at Barley's for a couple years. I didn't bartend there. Um, I waited tables. I keep saying bartend. But I yeah. know, but I it's, mean, it's. I mean, service, yeah. If you if you know, you know. Like yeah. it just is what it is. Um, I worked at City Tavern for the longest, off and on since two thousand nine. Uh, it's twenty twenty two now. So, I mean, they'll always be like family, and I really do feel like if you've worked somewhere downtown and you've put that much time and and energy into a place be it making yourself money or mm-hmm. for your company. I mean, you're showing face, like regardless, you're the face of that yeah. establishment at that time um, in that position. So I've built tons of relationships with regulars and and people over the years, even if I didn't work there for a whole year and I'd come back and they'd be like, oh my God, where have you been? I'm like, I'm back. It's cool. Like, but you're, you're, you're more the face of the business than the owner, than the, than the chef, than the anything. Right. I mean, well, you're the I'm, face to the customer. Again, like with doing hair, I, I'm the first person you see or the first person that you encounter other than a hostess or whatever. But again, that was my first job. So I kind of got broken into that aspect of it at a very early age when I didn't understand anything about 
you know, it was like, okay, take these people to this table. And then you get pissed <laughs> off if somebody's not like doing it efficiently. And you're like, okay, like you just, you get like your bearings about it. And then you move up a little bit and you wait tables because nobody, I take that back. There are tons of um, elder to me hostesses that kill it now. But it's you move up. You you don't necessarily want to make this hourly in tips anymore. You want to be on the floor making as much money as possible because you set that for yourself. Some of the I just you had me thinking about how I'd you know with the hostess they're usually like high schoolers or college. That's exactly and, what I was. You know you give them a twenty and be like, hey, don't seat me after a certain time, or you just keep all your tables dirty. Right, like, can you skip me? I need to go smoke. Like, and it's I, like, I don't have okay, time. Like, I'm or my to get stomach out of hurts. Here. Like I go to the bathroom. Can you please check all my tables? Or like here, sure. roll my silverware. Yes. I'll give you twenty bucks. Oh my god! And even and I don't have to roll it when I leave. Listen, that was my trick. I was like, I hate rolling. I paid people to take out the trash. Girl, I would, what? Yeah, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> Mm-mm. I couldn't do it. I was like, I got out. Clean it out. I'm a listen. business owner. I'm a business owner. Here. I'm running a business. <laughs> You're my employee. It's like, no, no, she's no, she's not. Um, Which but, suited you well to end up in. Uh, you know, kind of, what 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 is funny? So Jeremy and Chris were here from Society, uh-huh. and one of the things that I, I I talked to them, I can't. It was on camera or off camera. It was like, you know, the service industry should be like mandatory like two years of hard labor just like in israel you have to go to the military yeah. for two years like yeah i it's think like everybody have should have to your, go you gotta get your like, street creds well it's like it's so humbling because you you learn so much about yourself you learn so much about right. society. like i think that one I'm not advocating one, for that but i just no way i kind of am one like, sunday brunch everybody should have to experience. humble oh man it's rough when i <laughs> At a certain restaurant that I worked at that we had to work Sunday brunches every time we clock out or hand in our check-ins, check-outs on Saturday nights. He would say, please make good choices because we'd all go out. On- <laughs> I need you to work safety <laughs> break. Right, like, can, you pl- can y'all please be here um, before? Have y'all seen the episode of the restaurant where they're doing the lineup or whatever, but it then goes back to everybody or there's like three people and they're smoking out in the alley or whatever and the, the guy's like no 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 it makes me really paranoid i can't do it and they're like no just do it just hit it whatever and so then they go back in and he's like Arr. and the manager's like asking the questions and he's like can you tell me about the special and he's like don't call on me don't call on me. <laughs> of course you get called and he's like it's really good it's really good it's good and at the very end of it, after, you know, a couple more of those little banter type things, it's like, um, one more thing. I'm going to have to ask you guys um, not to get really stoned before you come to work anymore. And then this kid raises his hand and he's like, well, last week you said we couldn't drink before work. So which one is it? Like Both. But it's, Both. I mean. You can't do either. No fun. The, the service industry, I mean, it is like the... The relationships you have is you're in the trenches, right? So yeah. you see your your piece. You see right? people Every at their week. true colors. Oh my god, what? You see them. You see them at their worst, at their best. Mm-hmm. And my favorite night to go out to this day is like Sunday nights, right? When everybody's winding oh, down my, from getting their like booties kicked. Service on Sunday night is the is that's when I go out because I I you just know you're gonna meet the bartenders, you're gonna meet the service industry yep. folks who are out after getting their ass kicked for two nights and yep. they're, they're gonna have the best stories you have yep. the most laughs Yo, you should go out tonight because yesterday was valentine's yeah but it's it's there's nothing like it no and you build those relationships with these i mean i've had friends excuse me um i've had friends for 15 years now yeah. that i are my lifelong friends um 
you know, I've, you see it all. You, you, you learn who people are. You learn a whole, whole lot about yourself. And I have, my son will be 14 in April and he can either A, work at the Publix or B, work at the Chick-fil-A. And he (laughs) wants a job so bad. He's dying. And I'm like, you know, Publix, you can just walk there. But like Chick-fil-A, that's the, either way, it's your first step into service and being around the public and being around people. And, you know, I'd be fine with him working at either, but it's like, if, if, He's going to learn a whole, whole lot. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a lesson in life. It really is. And I want that for him. I mean, Josh Beebe's first job, I mean, that this it, it, it always starts there. He was a dishwasher. Yeah. Right? And you do. You work your way up. He was like, the owner of multiple businesses. Yeah. So it's like, well, Morgan, thanks for, yeah, of course. Thanks for coming it and joining us on Tabby awesome Hour. Too. Yeah. Glad you super, super stop by. Yeah. Great to get to know you a little bit. And we'll yeah. have to have you come back. Yay. I look forward to it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you.